DJ PK brought to you apart by Mark Miller. DJ and the PK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. All right, we're getting a lot of feedback. What are the Jets getting in Zach Wilson? Everyone expecting the Jets to use the second pick in the draft on him tonight. Calvin tweets at his PK. They're getting a high ceiling, low floor gamble guy who could potentially guide the Jets back into playoff contention as early as 2022 or 2023. Mm. That's not the kind of uh, tweet we've been getting this morning. This is different. You're going to need a minute to cogitate on that, aren't you? A little more positive, certainly. That, yeah, I don't know that they would be a if they're a contender next season, not this coming season, but the season after twenty two. That would that's probably best case scenario, you would think. Um, and at that point, uh, he'd be the toast of the town if he's running around uh, leading them in playoff contention. And we get in December, even if really they didn't get there, if they were in playoff contention, and not one of these deals where it's uh, six and ten is putting you in it. Although six and ten next season, I think obviously to me is a significant. Yeah, but you're you're referencing that NFC East race, and that was yeah. really weird. I think, right. but I think with the seven game, and, and I don't think that'll happen unless there's multiple quarterback injuries in that division, because it looks like you know the Bills and and even the Dolphins, you know, should be good enough to avoid that kind of division where six and ten can win it. Uh, but I do think this new this new format is more forgiving. There's a seventh team in now, so nine and seven will put you in contention. It might right. put you in. So and I, really, and I'm okay just, with that. By 2022, can they have a winning record? And we've seen enough teams go from worst to first that, you know, having two years to get to nine and seven, that's, that's not ridiculous. Now, what Calvin does say, a high ceiling, low floor. So while, yes, he's saying everything could come together... And when you say low floor, that means you're leaving the door open for this all to fall apart. Well, of course. I think you have to do that for everybody. Yeah. Uh, second round or second picks have had low floors. So why shouldn't Zach Wilson? He's no different in that regard. This isn't exactly in a total science, as they would say. You know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, they're saying like he's the best the prospect since Andrew Luck, who was the best prospect since Peyton Manning, who was the best prospect since John Elway. All right, I just went back 30, 40 years, and I've only come up with four guys that uh, the, the experts were pretty well confident that that individual would succeed as an NFL quarterback. And, you know, Luck had the injuries, but certainly the others that I mentioned definitely succeeded. And Luck was decent, too. He made some playoff experiences and then uh, got out of there as his body just wouldn't cooperate before he even turned 30. So we know that story. Uh, so, But everybody else is in the question mark. Because if they weren't in the question mark, then Drew Brees wouldn't go second, Russell Wilson third, and Prescott fourth, and Brady sixth. <laughs> Come on. All that stuff is out there. So, yes, I think everybody, virtually, I should say virtually everybody, has the potential for a low ceiling. I mean, Sam Darnold was the third pick just three years ago. And now he's on to Carolina. And the thing is, it's not just the rookies. I mean, look at Bridgewater, who played in Minnesota, goes to the Saints as a backup, goes 5-0, signs a free agent deal in Carolina, and a year later, they're basically paying the Broncos to take him off their hands. Well, that's because they got Darnold, though. Okay, but, I mean, Darnold's all that? I mean, he's going to be a slam dunk? No, but I'm just saying, I think you have to put in the equation of why they got rid of Bridgewater because they got Darnold, and if they had had... 
uh, if they didn't have Darnold, maybe they go again with Bridgewater. I don't know the answer to that. I, I just feel like those guys are both, at best, maybes. Bridgewater, even all of this time in the league, he could put together a year. Yeah, but he had a massive injury, too. He did. Uh, I would go more Jameis Winston, who didn't have injuries. None, none that I could think of. And all he's got to do is eliminate the picks, and he will be all of that. He's already making the big plays. He's throwing. You throw 30 touchdown passes in the NFL, that's a big How number. How many interceptions? Yeah, 30, though. So that takes the, <laughs> takes the shine right off that, doesn't it? So... Stop throwing the picks. But he was the gonna, number one pick. I know. Stop throwing the picks. You'll be the man. You you are right there. Well, yeah. Well, you're the man. Either you're the man or you're not the man. It's yep. not. Well, yeah. he's not the man then because he's got the picks. Uh, so, and he was the number one pick, and so uh, everybody, everybody's a question mark. Uh, it, there are question marks when they come out of high school going into the college ranks, and are they more of a question mark? I don't know. I can't answer that. I'd have to think about that more. But what I do know is the stakes are higher, and jobs literally are lost on all that stuff. Uh, And that's the way it is. Jobs are secured on all that stuff. Is Bill Belichick recognized as the genius without Tom Brady? I don't know. I can't say that. I can guess that's what makes sports talk the fun uh, medium that it is is because we could go around and around and you could say yes and I can say no and I can't disprove you and you can't disprove me uh, but the fact is jobs are won and lost or kept and kept and lost I should say based on what you do at your quarterback position and a lot of that is based on what the draft is at that quarterback position right yes that is uh I mean, the, the the draft has become so important to quarterbacks. I just think guys that used to go in the second and third round, you know, how long did it take in each individual draft before you got the fifth quarterback drafted? And I think one year you'll find it was the second round, and one year you'll find it was the fourth, and that's not how it works anymore. Three of the top six last year, well, looks like it's going to be like five of the top seven, eight, nine picks this year. But I also think, too, the advancement of the quarterback is – Far more sophisticated than it used to be. Yeah, but not so sophisticated. John Beck and whatnot. Right, but not so sophisticated that they all make it. No, no, but they're all worth the gamble because they all look good in college to one degree or another, and then they all look great in shorts. Well, they do. Yes, there is that part about they all look great with the pads off and without the 300 pound D lineman about ready to rip them in half and. You know, bury him five feet deep underneath the. Yes, but even when we see these guys play, you still don't know for sure what you have. What I think we've learned is that if you don't have a good quarterback, the field is so tipped against you these days. You've just got to have a good quarterback. And you're still not 100% sure if that guy's good, but you know if you don't have a good quarterback, you're doomed. So you're all in on the next guy, whether the next guy is a free agent, yeah. a bus getting drafted, or gambling on a college kid coming And you out. have to be because they've altered the rules so dramatically <laughs> yeah, right? yep. to where they're forcing your hand to gamble. You don't. It's like you don't have any choice because you, you know you can get in the fourth round a linebacker or whatever a running yeah. back. Name the position. You know, not you know maybe you're not going to get 
the most elite dude out there, you know, J.J. Watt or whomever, but you can get somebody who can help you. So the system basically has forced these teams to go all in on this and have this big, mad bull rush, as they say in football, towards the quarterback because you don't want to be the one who gets left out. You don't want to be the one that passed on Patrick Mahomes, but what was it, 12 or 13 teams did – and probably I'd have to go back and see which teams and which teams have quarterbacks, but the ones who don't, Chicago Bears, <laughs> you are just beating yourself up, man. We had this dude right there, not I mean, but a several teams passed on him because obviously in any draft, I don't care what draft it is, he comes out, he's the number one pick, knowing what we know now. Yeah, I know what we know now without question. And he was the tenth pick in the oh, in tenth. the draft. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was like 14, but 10. So nine teams, obviously. And the Chiefs moved up to get him. Uh, Yeah, they did. Andy Reid knew what he wanted, traded up. And knew New Orleans wanted him, and so New Orleans was 11, so he traded up for for 10. So if I'm Andy Reid, I retire and just become a quarterback draft guru, (laughs) and you pay me hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, and I'll tell you who to draft. And and you're right about the Bears. (laughs) They took Trubisky in that draft second. And they traded up to get Trubisky. And and the Jets took a safety. They took Jamal Adams, with who's now with the Seahawks. Who's now gone. Yeah. And he was the sixth pick in the draft, and Mahomes Decent was player, on the board. Very good player, right? But but it's right to the point yeah, that it. if yeah. you go after a safety and you don't have a quarterback, you're going to get fired. And the GM got fired, and the coach got fired. And I don't even know who they had at the time. I couldn't tell you, and why they didn't uh, go for Mahomes. Yeah, because we're going back a few years, and I can't remember. We are getting back to the 2017. Sanchez, I guess, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh but yeah, that that's what that's why it makes it all the more intriguing. And you can you can get players of Pro Bowl caliber who weren't even drafted and nobody bats an eyelash. Whereas a Lugans Dortz comes in a Dort and short scores 30 points against the Jazz, and everybody's raving. Well, if he was a top three or four pick, nobody would really be raving. Why are we raving? Because he was undrafted. That's the NBA that's so dramatically different. But in the NFL, since it's such a huge numbers game, you can get a player that was undrafted and three or four years later, even sooner, be a big-time contributor, and nobody really rolls their eyes. Christian Hackenberg, Bryce Petty on the Jets' final roster in 2017. Bryce Petty, was he Baylor? Uh, Where did Bryce Petty go? Uh, he went to Baylor, yes. Good call. And Hackenberg, I know, was Penn State. Uh, so, yeah. And Hackenberg. Okay, Hackenberg. Well, my gosh, he played a big-time schedule. <laughs> right. So we're going to so the, the the crummy schedule versus if scheduling mattered then uh, we would know who was going to be great or not. So that the uh, GMs and all and owners and all they probably coaches they probably wish scheduling was such a big deal because then it would be less of a crapshoot. If scheduling was that high of a requirement on what makes a great NFL quarterback. But there's so much overwhelming evidence over many, many years that scheduling doesn't mean jack squat. Would Phil Sims, multiple Super Bowl winners, we go to Moorhead State? Yep. 
Well, and uh, the Mac produces, uh, it was uh, Miami of Ohio, right? To get Ben Roeth- Roethlisberger. Benny Ross, yeah. First time I ever heard of him was Kyle Whittingham. Coming on the air telling us, yeah. Because I think the Utes were playing CSU and they, they lost to Miami of Ohio or played a close game. I can't remember what it was. And he's like, hey, don't sleep on Miami, Ohio. They got a quarterback you're going to hear a lot. Hard last name to say, Ben Roethlisberger. He's really good. Oh, okay. Ron Jaworski, Youngstown State. Now you're going back to a different era, baby. <laughs> Jaws. Yeah, but that proves the point that it's been that way. It has been. And I think the thing is that when you go to the powerhouse schools, so and there is an, the thing is it's a great criticism for people to throw out because there's an element of truth to it, and you can hold on to it. But the problem with going to a powerhouse and going to, you know, USC's had a lot of quarterbacks drafted, or going to Alabama or whoever else you want, they're surrounded by so much talent, it masks some of their problems. They're hitting elite wide. They're handing off to elite running backs, which means play action. They got forever to throw the ball. And they're thrown to elite receivers. And so it can kind of hide some of their flaws. It so can. there's a there's yeah. a risk. It doesn't matter where it is. There's always a risk, no, no matter totally what quote-unquote level yeah. of college football I mean, we're going to go at. through this next year with Slovis, this, this time next year. At SC. And who's, who's the guy that we have on, uh, Abraham? Mm-hmm. And he said this year, and it was in a, a crazy, stupid five- or four-game season, and we had him on when they were playing the uh, before they played the Utes. He said, well, SC's receivers, you know, they don't have the depth that they've had in years past. And I said, oh, what, so they only have three NFL receivers uh, on, their, on their roster now? And, and two of them are going to go this week in Vaughn's and uh, St. Brown. So, yeah, I mean, they've got all these studs. And so what is Slovis, you oh, know? Yeah. Slovis looked like, to me, his freshman year, he looked like a young Joe Montana. I can't really judge him last season. I'm not going to make any judgments on last season. But just his accuracy was just incredible as a first-year freshman. So now we're going to go next year, because I assume he's going to come out after three years, right, which is the the rules. And so, well, I mean, he played a big-time schedule, but he had all this talent and this Brew McCoy uh, is going to be all that, and he showed a little bit last year, and he'll show more this year and all that stuff. And so, you know, wh- how good is he? Because SC's got they've, – they've, they've basically return, uh, turned into receiver U. They've gone from tailback U to receiver U the last few years, last several – I would need a program to list all the receivers that they've had in the NFL. Juju Smith, Aguilar, on and on, Williams. I can't even name them all, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, they've got so many of them. So how much does that help him chuck the ball up? We saw that he didn't play against the Utes when they lost their only regular season conference game two years ago. He got hurt, and then they brought in uh, Ratfink came in. He was chucking the ball up, and those guys were coming down against NFL DBs, no less. That's how good they were. Rat so, Ratfink came in. Yeah, yeah, he did, right? And he was throwing the ball deep, and these guys were coming down with the ball. Uh, it was crazy to see, but yet it happened. And so the Utes lost one game. They went 8-1 and one that season, pretty doggone good season. Those things happen. So how do you judge all this stuff? It makes it all fascinating. If you're not into this, then I don't know what's the point of being a sports fan because for me, it is so intriguing. And the, the intrigue tonight obviously starts at number three, 
right? Because we're expecting a Lawrence and Wilson by all accounts. And then what are the Niners going to do? Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Some guys think Justin Fields should be ahead of Justin or uh, Zach Wilson, blah, blah, blah. You can go back and forth and volleyball this till you're blue in the face. And then it'll get going from real in September, and we'll all judge it. We'll all watch it. It's so, to me, it's so much fun. It's the and for especially for someone like myself who doesn't have a favorite team and doesn't live and die by the Steelers or whichever favorite team you have. That's that's the fun part of it to me to see what these guys do and how they turn out. And now we've got one of our own. And not only is he one of our own, he's one of our own high school own too. So it's double in terms of the connection and interest. I will definitely be dialed in, having gone to so many high school games over the years here. I can't believe there's two kids out of Utah that are going top 10 for sure, but maybe top 8, top 6. You know, how quickly will they go? The teams in the draft, and of course anybody can trade out. Atlanta, they got an older quarterback, so at 4 they could draft one or they could trade the pick. But Cincinnati at 5 and Miami at 6, they already have their guys. They got Burrow and Tua. So... You would think, and maybe they'll trade down too. Maybe that's where the Patriots or someone else will try to jump in. But you'd think, yeah. you'd think, like, okay, now the best players at these other positions come off the board by six. Even if there's five, I don't think the top five picks will be five quarterbacks. But by five and six, no, Pitts the, is going to go in there. The best quarterbacks ought to be off the board. Uh, it's know. so much fun to pay attention to. And before we go, I know we're going to go quick. Uh, you know, I don't pay a lot of attention to high school, but the thing about it is those high school coaches told me that Zach was all that. And then that one time when BYU had the practice down in St. George, the spring practice, and I went to it at Dixie High, and I saw all the coaches gathered around Sewell. I had no idea who Sewell was. He was a high school co- a high school player, and I asked one of the BYU coaches, who's that guy, and why is everybody paying him so much attention? And here we are, what, four years later. Yeah, now we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. It's fun. It's fun to watch and see it develop. All right, DJ and PK, it is time now to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Join us to tell you all about a breakthrough treatment. No pill, no injections, no surgery, and more research saying it really does work. Right, Andrew? Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, For a guy struggling with ED, sensitive topic, obviously, um, we have now actually the two most advanced forms of acoustic wave therapy. What it basically does, kind of like breaking down a muscle in the gym and building it up stronger, we use pressure waves to agitate the blood vessels in this part of the body. That causes them to soften, open up, and even regrow. That means that when the timing is right in the bedroom, the blood flows properly, and it usually only takes a few short 10-minute treatments over about two to three weeks. And you're right, the clinical data continues to come in. This is fairly new, uh, but there are now 40 clinical studies. Pretty cool. The most recent one said it's the new standard of care for ED. It rehabilitates erectile tissue. Uh, The big attraction, I think, is guys don't have to turn to the pill. They get more on-demand function, and we've helped a lot of guys. By the way, a lot of younger guys, too, that just want to improve uh, turn back the clock in the bedroom. So you're hearing a lot of results from a lot of different patients, a lot of different stories afterwards? We really are, yeah. Um, guys generally say, I'm glad I don't have to take the pill. We had a 60-year-old gentleman, for example, who got back to function like when he was 40. Not 20. You know, it wasn't a miracle worker, but it did, it did the job. 
he was able to eliminate the pill completely, and that's pretty cool. So you've got a special offer right now if people pick up the phone and call 801-901-8000. Yes, and there's actually more value today than normal. Uh, The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, that's free. The little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, really popular, really cool, that's free. And it's 300 bucks off now. So there's a lot of value. Give us a call now, guys. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. Call Wasatch Medical and Andrew Reinhardt at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell, bell. The Utah Jazz score a club record 154 points. They blow out the Kings 154-105. If it felt really different than the Minnesota game, well, Quinn Snyder thought he saw some parallels between the two games. Probably in the minority, but I actually thought we played well last night. We, we didn't shoot well last night. And tonight, we played well in a, in a different way. I thought the ball really moved for us to be the team we want to be. You know, our guys just trusting each other, changing sides, making quick decisions, and then obviously defending. So I, I just thought we were solid tonight, and obviously we made we made shots. That the Jazz did. They made shots. They blow out the Kings. They stay one game in front of the Phoenix Suns. The Suns beat the Clippers 109-101. The Jazz are in Phoenix to play the Suns with a one-game lead in the race for the top spot in the West. That game is Friday night at 8 o'clock. That's your Jazz at 30 update brought to you by Syringa Networks. It's the best station, period. Utah's longest-running, highest-rated sports radio show. This is DJ and PK, presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. They're back, PK. Shots are going in. The Jazz are winning again. Ride the wave. It's cresting. It's peaking. Hop back on board the bus. Unless you never got off the bus. I don't think I did. Two games. If I, if if two games gets me off the bus, which you in which you didn't have Mitchell, was I really on the bus in the first place? I mean, I think that's a legitimate question. So I got to see more. Uh, let's let's get through these ten games. Uh, to me, now the number one priority is you don't want to go zero and ten, but I don't need you to go nine and one either. Uh, find a way to be be healthy. Be healthy going into the season. And then it's on, man. And let's see what happens at that point. All right, it is time to welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Ingalls. Joe Ingalls, brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. Hey, yeah! 
This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK brought to you by Cypress Credit Union for a limited time only. Get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey. When you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union, Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, I'm curious, how many jerseys did you sign for this promotion? <laughs> I do not do anything. Everything is, um, no, no, no jerseys. It's all me. Well, you're on the road again. This is a week, basically a week road trip here before you get back home. At this point in the season, how much is it a mental drudgery to find your way to get through it? Uh, You've played so many games, so many trips and all that stuff, and you still got 10 games to go. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a little bit of that. Um, Obviously, I think, I mean, every team at this point is, um, no, I, I would be surprised if any player was playing at 100%. Everyone's a bit fatigued or a little bit beat up injury-wise or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it's just obviously, I think for us, and I've said it a few times, it's probably really boring, but just about keep getting better and better and being better the next game and if, if we're not then we, we're trying to figure it out what, what we did or what we need to do to be better the next game um, so obviously we had a couple of losses in there and um, go and kind of look at it and figure it out and go back out and then have another crack it's it's, it's, uh, it's just the way it is so um, yeah you just got to be locked in as best you can Um like I said, it's kind of our last big trip. I think we got one more trip of one game and one of two, and that's all we've got to, uh, kind of over the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, he's figuring it out, still trying to get better and, and obviously um, getting ready for the playoffs. Tell me about that pregame speech you must have given last night. Guys, I know these last two games have have been hard, but I'm on the radio with DJ and PK tomorrow. Let's let's go shoot 58% from three. Let's score 154 points. Let's set a club record. Let's turn this mood around and fire it up for the radio show. Am I right? Um, yeah, it was it was very close to that. Coach mm-hmm. brought it up again. Coach knew um, what was going on, so um, a lot of credit to him for, for getting the guys ready for the, the win for the radio show. Um, but no, it was. I mean, I don't think you ever can say we were we were that prepared or, or that ready to to play. I think we um, we knew what we needed to do. We knew. Um, I mean, even going into it, my mindset, like we're obviously we're obviously down, Mike and, and Donovan, and um, me figuring out how to how to help and how to not how to help, but how how to I've played a lot of point guard here, not a lot of times with both our point guards out, and both 
all stars out. <laughs> um, so it's a little bit different. So um, I was kind of going into it, just trying to figure out what I could do, kind of controlling the the tempo. Obviously, obviously trying to trying to help us win the game, but um, pushing the ball, running the, the the right plays for the right guys. Um, obviously, knowing that, um, a few of the. I didn't know at the time, but obviously all our young guys got in, obviously by the end of it, but um, yeah, getting them involved and, and when they're in the game, trying to trying to keep them in the flow with, with what we were doing. So um, yeah, I don't think we anyone would have prepared for, for what we did, but um, no, it was, I think we moved the ball well. Um, I think obviously the, the packages was a bit more basic again, uh, which we've talked about before, just to, to, to play and, and be free a little bit. And guys were moving the ball and, and, and shooting shots. And, and obviously we made shots. I think if, I mean, if we make what, two or three, maybe only more shots in that second Minnesota game, we'd probably win as well. So there's a fine line with that. And um, we, we shot the ball and, and, and made a lot of them. So it was a, it was a good night. So I grew up in Phoenix, went to uh, high school and college there and worked there in a while, and both my wife and our families are all down there. So I know that the Suns were the original pro team in that area, and when they win, the town gets way excited, and they're winning now. So that town is way excited. I've talked to my sister. She's a big Suns fan again and all that stuff. So they're going to view it as a big game when you play the Suns. How are you or the Jazz going to view it? Yeah, I mean it's it's the same the same as the last game and the sixty whatever before that. We, we we're going to continue to to keep trying to get better. Um, obviously, we want to win the game. We're, we're not going into the game to lose. Um, I guess same kind of thing as as the last game we just had. Like it's a it's a little bit of figuring out figuring it out along the way. Um, me handling the ball from, from the get go, obviously not having Mike and Don there to to, uh, to help me or me help them. Um, but no, we'll, we, it, I mean it's a we, we've we've lost to them. Um, they've got a game plan um, which they actually have called. I think they coach or someone was saying they call we're calling out Utah, so it's a kind of a specific game plan for us. And um, so so we know they'll they'll be ready and. Um, we just got to come out. I think exactly with the mindset we did of last game is to to play play free, to to move the ball and and, and shoot the ball. Um, and then I think what we did yesterday on the defensive end, granted we scored whatever we scored, hundred and whatever the franchise record was. Um, we, we we were all also defending, and we we were also not giving up offensive rebounds. They, I don't know, at some point in the game, they they had kind of nothing off offensive rebounds and, and turnovers. So that, that, that was obviously a key of um, for us to get a shot up, make more possessions offensively. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun out there tomorrow. So you played against Chris Paul in uh, well, obviously in Phoenix this year, Oklahoma City last year, Houston before that, and before that the Clippers. Has he changed at all? Has he is his game changed that much since you were in camp with them? How well did you get to know him then? Um, he's a lot older now, as we <laughs> all are. <laughs> um, no, I think he's. I mean, I think for him, what's made him 
so good and continues to be good is um, everyone knows the leadership and the, the, the communication side of it and all that, but I think he just keeps finding more and more ways to to, to be effective, to, to keep helping his teams. Um, he obviously, and I don't even really know, but I'm assuming he's 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 not this, exactly the same guy. I don't think he'd be feeling as as healthy and good as he did seven years ago out there. Um, but I know he I know he spends a lot of time on his on his body and preparation and, and diet and all that to to I mean what is he like late thirties um, to to still be playing at a still be playing in the NBA at that point is impressive but to to also be playing at the the level that he has the last couple of years especially a little bit last year with that OKC team what he did and then he's he's I mean he's almost pretty much done the same thing here. Um, Helps when you've got Devin Booker, you've got Aiden, you get a Jay Crowder, uh, all those guys. So, um, yeah, they're a good team. They've obviously built something. Um, I think yesterday or the day before, whenever they clinched the playoff, it was the first time in 10 years. So they, they've obviously been building something and they've they've done a good job so far. And, and he's obviously um, a, a massive piece of that. From game to game, how much, uh, as far as confidence goes with shooting, is it fickle? Well, I mean, it, like, it kind of just is what it is. Like, you go into a game and you've done everything you can, obviously, prior to, to tip-off. Um, you've done your routine. You've done whatever, maybe you shot the day before, maybe you didn't, maybe we had a day off or whatever the, the schedule was um, and you go in there and I mean sometimes you shoot, you might shoot 10 of them and they all feel feel like the, the 10 best shots you've shot and they, they rim out or they just roll out and you, you don't make one or maybe you make one or two or whatever um, and there's days that you don't even think you're shooting the ball well or you don't, it doesn't feel that good, it doesn't even, it barely hits the net Um so it's uh, you, you just kind of. For me, it's a lot of the time. It's it's what we've talked about, like not taking bad ones, because I think the percentages just go way down um, when you, you're taking a shot that's not comfortable or it's not the shot your shot, quote unquote. Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's like you go into it, and it, like I said, like I mean, it's what it is. Like if you you get good looks, obviously we. Not like I'm gonna miss a couple and start shooting with my right hand to try that. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that you can do that way. But it's it's about finding space, knowing the game plan, knowing when you can shoot. I think that was kind of a, a little bit of a lead into like that Minnesota game. Like we we shot sixty something threes, and and I think a lot of them were were really good shots. Like I don't think many of them at all were. Were bad shot. I shot thirteen, and I don't, th- I don't know if I've ever shot thirteen before. But I was thinking about it after, and I was like, maybe I took some bad ones. I was like, it might have been like one or two that I wouldn't like normally always take, but I also didn't feel like they were like horrible. So it's like, um, but they they weren't going in. If I make six of them that day, we maybe we win by ten. Like it's a it's a fine line. So it's just about uh, I think. You do all that preparation, you do the, the stuff to get ready for a game, and then when you get out there, you, you you shoot the ball with confidence, whether you are five for five or over five. Um, 
I mean, we've all seen it a million times where you don't make a shot all game and then you make a big one at the end or, or vice versa. You can make a bunch at the start and, and kind of cool off. So, um, yes, um, the, the beauty of, of playing the sport we play. 13 is your season high for three-pointers, Joe. You have let it rip many games, but not like that. I, w- I, w- <laughs> I want to double back to something you said earlier in the interview about uh, figuring out how to play when both guys are gone. Because you've played when either Donovan's been out or Mike's been out, yeah. but now they're, they're both out. And I'm curious how different that is because it just seemed to me that you, well, you'd be running pick and rolls with Rudy and with Derek, whoever's in the game, and you'd be looking for your three. And so I, I guess... I figured how often you're doing it would probably you'd probably run more pick and rolls and run the offense more, but I thought you'd run it the same way. How would it be different? Um, I mean, it's I, I don't know how often. I'm sure a few times, but I don't know how often I've I've started at point guard and played it for. Obviously, last night was a little different because I only played it probably less than we anticipated or, or thought maybe going in like never think you're going to win by 50 so um, yeah I mean it's just I think it's hard to explain I think it's just it's just different I'm I'm usually like kind of that secondary ball hander even if I'm out there with Mike or, or whatever obviously Mike's a point guard Donovan's a point guard and if I get a rebound or they've taken off then obviously I can bring it in, and then obviously there's stretches where I, I play kind of the backup minutes um, as a point guard Um and I think, I mean, especially this year, there's always been one of them there. But when I have done it this year, at the times that I have, I know what I'm running. I know what it's for. I know that all the team knows. It's usually that group of like Mike and I, one of us is in there, or depending on injuries, um, sometimes both of us, sometimes one of us. But a lot of stuff for JC, a lot of pick and rolls for, for Mike and I or whoever's in. Um, so it's just a bit more of the, the kind of controlling the, the game a little bit, starting, um, I mean, first, second, second possession, whatever, like Mo Hikers picked me up full court. Like that's not, you don't get that when you're playing against the, the kind of the second unit. It, it, it'll be like that tomorrow. The Javon Carter and those guys um, are going to pick up full court regardless. So it's, it, it's just different. It's not, it's not massive. Um, I, I'm not saying... Like I was uncomfortable because it's I'm the primary kind of ball handler or, or whatever, um, but it is it's just different. A lot more um, thinking. There was a couple of possessions where we we as good as 150 odd points. Look, there was a couple of possessions where I even got like I kind of had like a brain freeze bringing the ball up of like what to what to run real quick because I was trying to who haven't I who haven't I ran. A play for like has JT had a shot? Has I, have I got boy on mine? Maybe it's George's turn. Maybe I would get Rudy involved. Like wh- whoever was out there, um, and there was a couple in a row where I literally had like this brain freeze, and we had te- we ran terrible offense, and we we didn't get good shots. And I think coach called a timeout, and I was like, that was on me. Like I just literally had a, a kind of blurred moment of of what to run. So it's just things like that that usually I can throw the ball to Michael Donovan, and they'll they'll figure it out. And, um, maybe it will be a play for me. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a little bit different. Um, but I think after last night, um, I'll obviously going a bit more prepared, knowing 
kind of exactly what to run at all times. And, and then the the back end kind of boring part for a lot of people, but it's also me trying to help Trent when Trent's in there as well. Um, just keeping him confident and knowing what to run and, and pushing the ball and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit different, but it's all uh, it's all good. Which is the team prioritizing the number one seed? Um, and we want to keep winning. If that continues and, and we end up in number one seed, then great. Um, we haven't sat around a bonfire and sing Kumbaya and talked about it and um, all stuff like that. I mean, we're not allowed to with COVID anyway, so that defeats that purpose. But, um, yeah, I think... We we haven't sat around and talked to. Obviously, we we want to finish as high as we can, which is obviously where we are at the moment. Um, but like I've said before, it's it's about us playing better and better and better. And by the playoffs, we we want to be playing the best basketball we can for for going into that kind of portion of the season. So um, yeah, it'd be ideally it'll be it'd be nice, but um, we also can't control what what other teams do and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let the Jazz fans uh, get angry over my answer there. But it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, same thing, kind of, it is what it is, right? Like, what? Yeah. Teams are going to rest. Teams are going to, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm not saying we're going to do that or not. I, I don't get to go into those meetings. Um, but... We, we obviously, like I said, want to be playing. We want to be fresh. We want to be healthy. Um, obviously, even Mike's situation right now, like he, we got some, obviously he's a little beat up and, and waiting for, for Don's ankle and stuff like that. So um, uh, I think health is, is priority number one. There's no point limping into a playoff series down a couple of guys that you've you've played for all year. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll let those guys, the, the medical people, will handle kind of that side of, of that and whoever's out there to play available we'll do our best to, to keep winning well we really got to go I want to get to the bottom of the whole George Niang saying he doesn't want to trash talk with you because you're too good and, and you might hurt him and he might be scarred was that who was, said that George George in a pregame feature last night it was with him and he, him and uh, and him and Matt and he said who's the bigger trash talk he just raised his hand he said you're the one guy he doesn't want to get into it with though you could crush him. He's an idiot. He doesn't <laughs> shut up. He sits next to me on the plane, too, and he, I'm telling you, he does not shut up. Yeah, but we heard that was a great feature. You even tweeted it out. That was a great feature about you guys riding together on the plane and all the family videos and all that. Chris Camerati wrote it for The Athletic. It was awesome. You it was get, a hell of an article, too. Yeah, you gave it the seal Thank of approval. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a good dude. Yeah. Um, but... No, George is an idiot. I ain't even <laughs> say about him. But our Q and A will be a great thing in the auction that was on there yesterday. So someone someone bid a lot of money for for the kids. Someone bid a lot of money for the kids. All right, we got to run, Joe. Good luck in the games. We Appreciate will talk it. to you again next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. DJ and PK. It's his own sports network. And it's all over, almost here. Don't go nowhere. Time for your feedback. What have you got to say about tonight's NFL draft? What will the Jets get in Zach Wilson with a second pick? 
A quarterback that will be constantly running for his life. There is no faith in the Jets, the offensive line, the talent around in PK. 21 picks in two years to fix it, but how quickly can it be fixed? Well, they're not going to draft him solely for the 200 or the 2021 season. Ute Pharisee says disappointment and more losing. He has yet to prove that he can perform versus a quality defense. The doctor, sarcastic coog, comes back and millions of dollars in his bank account while you sit at work thinking of more derogatory tweets to post <laughs> about the guy. Ute Cougar's just punching it out. I think the Utes ought to sit this one out, man, since he wanted to go to Utah. <laughs> no reason dumping on a guy who really is one of you guys. Wanted to be one of you guys, and you wouldn't And then he wanted him. to stay close to home because he's a family guy. Who doesn't respect that? Yeah. And all he did was turn down Boise State, and if there's one thing Uton Cougar fans can agree on, it's turning down Boise State. Among others, but yeah. Uton uh, Cougars and Aggies can all come together on that. Nobody likes Boise State because, well, you know, they've won so much. He wanted to be home, and so BYU offered, and he said yes. Time to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt. Join us from the Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, how come so many guys are so hesitant to come in and have their ED addressed? Well, we're all living in denial, I guess. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, just that we feel like less of a man if we struggle with ED. Um, you know, we don't want to admit we have a problem. We're embarrassed. And I think getting rid of that stigma is critical because there's a lot of guys, we see them every day, and they say, I'm so humiliated. I've struggled with this. My wife or significant other knows, and that's the only person that knows. And then they go through our treatments, the acoustic wave therapy, and you can see the weight is lifted off their shoulders. They can perform a little better. They get more blood flow. They can eliminate the pill if they're taking it. This acoustic wave therapy, and actually we use the two most advanced forms now, it's clinically proven to work. It repairs the blood vessels. It opens up the circulation, uh, more frequency, better performance. We've seen a lot of guys go through this and, and come out with excellent results. And you got uh, not just the word of the patients, but now the word of the scientific community. Yep. Uh, science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com. I don't even think we have everything on there, but there's 40 clinical studies there. Cambridge, uh, a more recent study from a urology outfit said, this is the new standard of care for ED. How cool is that? When the science is there, they've tested this with double-blind, placebo-controlled trials, everything, and shown with x-rays that there's more blood flow in this part of the body after somebody goes through the treatments. So you got a special deal for people today. We do. And last segment uh, of the day, guys, the assessment exam, blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, that's basically the first step is free. Uh, you get that little gift that I don't think I've ever seen fail. It produces immediate results in the bedroom. Guys love that. And something new, there's 300 bucks off. Uh, so put a stop to your ED and give us a call. It's all no charge. All right, you can call right now, 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. You can call Andrew in the Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right, Scotty and Hands coming up next. We'll talk to you.